This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, so it's a welcome back to the uh, Kerry Dixon Show with me, of course, Stanford Chidge, and the wonderful uh, Chelsea legend himself, Mr. Kerry Dixon. It's been a while, Kerry. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, thank you, Dave. Um, and it has been a while, but uh, nice to get the show underway again. We've been, both been rather busy, I think. That's I, I blame myself as much as anything else, but there you go. It's good to have you back anyway. Um, right, let's just kick straight into it, um, you know, just generally, really, because we, we haven't had a chat for a while, but... Uh, Chelsea have been incredibly inconsistent, I think, recently. I mean, the last six games, they basically lost one, won one, lost one, won one, won one, lost one. And then, of course, we, we beat Huddersfield 5-0 last weekend. So, I mean, you know, there's been loads of talk about the players, loads of talk about Sarri. Um, do you think it's really as simple as, you know, them, them finding it hard to adapt to what Sarri wants them to do? Or is it, as he suggested, a, you know, an issue about the players' mentality or a lack of motivation, as he calls it? I think um, in the, the world we live in, Dave, in the way, the way things are, every word and every uh, pronunciation of how things are said are taken literally by someone. And uh, it's expanded, that, that, that type of literal, um, um, literal comment, and, and actually put in a certain way where it provokes another comment, and people have to expand on it. And all of a sudden, you're into a different type of conversation than the one which was originally had. And it might sound a little bit confusing. Uh, um, what I'm saying is, sorry, might say, I prefer the players to play in a certain way. We train this way. I want them to do something. Now, now someone else might take that as training is repetitive. Training is boring. Training becomes the same old thing, we, what he wants to do. And, you know, we, we, you know, we don't get um, sort of excited or pumped up about it. You know, same old mundane thing. With then Chelsea players called training boring, repetitive, and so I've heard all sorts of different types of things. I think this Sari tries to do a job 
um, which is not an easy job. And I think he, on on my take, and it's a limited take, I have to say, there's people better placed to make judgment. But I think he comes across as an all right guy trying to do a job. I thought Conte before him was become a little bit arrogant in, in what his way is, didn't get his own way, dropped a little bit, bit temperamental. This guy, I think, takes it all on board. He's trying to do his, his, his thing. I said earlier on one of the shows earlier on the season, I felt Chelsea would uh, struggle this year. Um, we started off and I was happy, happy, but I thought we were punching above our weight a little bit, um, relying too much on Eden Hazard, which definitely was the case. And one of the reasons our inconsistencies are is that Eden has hit some high spots, but he's hit some low ones as well in the last couple of months where it, some of his uh, game, I don't know whether it's his, his attitude himself because of being asked to play a certain position or not quite getting his own way. And as we know, and as I've said before, people drop and therefore you don't get the best out of them. And, and I think it's a combination of everything. You know, how this so-called press called Sarri ball, he's going to get Eden Hazard to press high up the field was always going to be a problem. Um, you know, chase back plenty of work. You know, it was always going to be an issue. And, and he's not the first manager to have this situation with skillful players. You know, Mourinho had it with Joe Cole, Ian Robin. We, you know, we've seen it with loads of, loads of people before. And they come and gone one matter. And they can't get them to fit into what they want to do. So they have a problem then managing the egos and managing how the players are. So Sarri, I think, is going to take time. I am quite happy to give him time. I, I, I'm quite happy with the guy. Um, there's plenty to talk about, and I could ramble for ages. I think he's okay. I think if we finish in the top four at this successful season, it's already a relatively successful season in terms of the Europa, uh, Europa League and indeed the Carabao Cup. Um, who knows where we go from here? I've always said we're in four trophies. Try and win as many as we can. If you take one, so be it. Yeah, so some really good points in there, mate. I mean, and I think the key thing really is is patience, isn't it? And, you know, we are trying to do something very different from what we've been doing before. Sarri's, you know, clearly uh, very wedded to a particular way of playing. We, he might not have the right players yet. I mean, he had no pre-season, if you remember, and, and he's only had one kind of, you know, one and a half dabbles in the transfer market. I mean, but the, this is the, I mean, the trouble is, you see, I think this is the, the issue for a lot of supporters you know, we all know what happens at Chelsea. They don't have any patience. So, you know, even though he might need it and perhaps deserves a bit, if we don't make the top four, do you, do you actually think that the board will have the patience to, like, stick with him for another year? I don't know. It's not just about uh, position either. And it's not just about style. It's a, it's a combination of everything. You know, people who know what's going on behind the scenes, whether he's fitting in with the players, whether there's arguments, whether there's uh, a chance of reconciliations, whether there's, um, you know, things that uh, a breakdown in communication, certain players have been ostracised, etc. You know, all of that come under Conte and, you know, Mourinho and certain other managers, Diaz Boas and, you know, uh, Scolari. We can go back, you know, all of these sort of things, fallouts with players, etc. has led to their downfall. But with this fella, I, I don't sense it so much. I, I think there might be differences of opinion. I think there might be objections, which, which is fair enough. You know, I, I played under managers which I objected to doing certain things and certain ways of playing. But by and large, they were all right and you tried to do things and see if they work. And if you disagree, you can talk about it and things can be put right. I, I, I think 
it, it will be a combination of everything. I, uh, I don't know. I, I say I take it as I find. I like the guy on what I see. The only thing that bothers me a little bit is the team meeting re- reporting of the fact that he put all the coaches outside the dressing room, whereby he give them a bit of a dressing down after the Bournemouth game. I can't understand if the togetherness and the spirit and we're all together sort of syndrome, why the coaches were left outside. And, uh, because they're surely they're part of, if what he's trying to do, um, everyone would be in it together. The coaches would coach a certain way. They would understand the methods and what, what's going on. And they would have to do to implement that on the training field when they take part in sessions or they take the sessions or whatever. They would have to understand it as well. So um, to leave them out of the um, team chat or hairdryer or whatever you want to call it, there are other names to call it, but obviously not on there, um, seemed a little bit strange to me. Well, I mean, the only the only take on that that I have is that, you know, maybe he felt, well, ultimately the buck stops with him. And players aren't daft, they know that. So maybe it was an opportunity for them to, you know, have a real kind of clear the air chat, just him and them. That's the only only kind of thing that I can take away from it. But it was a bit odd, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, listen, old, old chum, um, the only thing I would say, uh, other than that, about what's going on at the moment, you know, how, how do we get to be more consistent? How, how, does, how does he kind of get this working, in a sense? Um, well, I can't say it's not working. Um, okay, working I, better. I, I had my, more yeah, consistent. Better. More, more consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eden Hazard, I have to say. Uh, this might be the case with Higuain coming. Um, Higuain at the start, I, I wasn't sure. First two games, I thought, well, everyone's got to hit the ground running. I say about youngsters. New strikers know what he's coming into. Um, Chelsea Football Club haven't got time for him to settle in, even though he, he will need time to settle in a little bit to the Premier League. He hit the ground running against Huddersfield after possibly looking a little bit lost in the first couple of games. Um, certainly the, the Bournemouth game, he looked like a striker. All the team didn't understand. Um, and every game he's analysed, etc. And I'm thinking, oh, goodness me, has it got to the point whereby it's just not going to work and it's all fell apart? But even though it was Huddersfield, you can only beat what's in front of you. And the, the two goals he scored were magnificent. I thought typical strikers' goals. And there were other instances which could have happened and, and he could have got more goals. Uh, I think there's a good chance of success with this fella. I think he is a goal scorer. I think he lost his appetite a little bit in uh, previous um, well loan spell where he was. And I think he's got it back under Sari. So that's a big plus for Sari. And Hazard is undoubtedly better not playing as a free. It did work occasionally with Pedro, William and Hazard against certain teams. That's something of a change. But as a long-term project, I don't think uh, it's the answer. And Hazard certainly seemed a lot better um, back in his what I call his normal position. So I think uh, the second half of the season promises a lot. Hopefully it will deliver. We've got a real tough weekend. Um, some very interesting games coming up in terms of the, uh, the FA Cup tie with United. I think uh, you know, obviously City the weekend, you know, the Carabao Cup final as well. It's a very interesting month and uh, a few goals against Huddersfield and Higuain all goes well for that coming month as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was good. I mean, I see now, you see, the thing is, and we'll talk about this later, but I'm, I'm now reticent to heap praise on strikers when I'm in your presence, mate, because uh, it, it backfired so spectacularly for me with Morata. But I did like what I saw. I mean, you're right. I thought he put those goals away beautifully. Proper 
proper striker, really instinctive, and I loved that. But I also liked his movement. I thought that that was exceptionally good, and I love strikers who, who, who kind of do those little runs. I think it's very important. And I think the way he linked up with Hazard, I think you're right. I think, you know, Hazard likes to play on the left, and he likes to have somebody to play off. And I think that that worked really, really well. And I mean, I know, you know, Huddersfield are poor, but as you said, you've got to beat what's in front of you. And the fact that they both scored two goals, I think was quite significant in that. So uh, I, I'm with you there. I hope it augurs well going forward. I mean, talking of Hazard, um, you know, there's been all sorts of brouhaha this week because, uh, you know, the comments he made uh, to a documentary that incidentally was filmed two months ago. So this is hardly hot news all about saying he's made his decision about whether he stays uh, you know, longer at Chelsea or, or goes presumably to Real Madrid. You know, what, what do you think his decision is? I don't really know. <clears throat> I wouldn't blame him for either. I, hear, I heard one regarding he wants to stay and become what he calls a legend at Chelsea. Well, I think he already is um, a legendary status. And the question is, what is the legend that goes around and who, who is and who isn't and why and all the rest of it. We've heard all them uh, uh, topics and comments. Um, I think he probably is legend material. Um, certainly, if he signs another contract and sees his time out, he will be. Um, what he's done for the club so far probably would put him in that uh, sort of bracket. Um, but I also wouldn't blame him. People shouldn't take this the wrong way. If he decides the last contract of his footballing career at the top to go and try a stint at Real Madrid, you know, you don't get the opportunity too often. Um, I hope he doesn't go. Um, I just, it's just one of them situations. Who, who would blame a player or, or anyone uh, not wanting to go to Real Madrid if indeed that is the situation in the last what major contract of your footballing life? I think uh, I don't think Chelsea fans would wish him harm. I think they would send him on their way with good wishes. And you know, if that be his decision, then so be it. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays and sees out his career and becomes the legend that he wants to become. Oh, I absolutely can. Goodness me, Kerry, we, we should have a break more often. I don't think there's one thing that you and I have disagreed about so far. And I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you, mate. I mean, you know, look, he, he's a he's a professional footballer, and uh, you know, they're not they're not supporters in a sense. They you know they they it's not an undying love for a club, and you have to stay there forever. He's a professional, and and uh, I have I have no problem if he wants to go to Real Madrid. It's as you said, it's the last big contract of his career. I think more to the point, um, you know, knowing knowing how good he is, I mean, we knew this when he arrived, even though he was very young. I think if you'd have said to most Chelsea supporters then, uh, in 2013, that or was 2012 actually, wasn't it? Because it was just after we won the Champions yeah. League. You know, if you'd have said to Chelsea supporters then, we'll have him for another seven years, they, would have, they wouldn't have believed you and they would have bitten, bitten your arm off. So I think, you know, seven years in the modern game to be at one club... Is, is quite unusual these days. And then if you look to see how many trophies he's contributed to us winning, then I think he's done more than enough for us. And if he does go, I, I will wish him well. But like you, I hope he stays because you don't get players like that coming around every day, do you? He's quite special. No. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? 
Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. No, you don't. It's very special. And, uh, you know, while you watch him play, you know, you go through before me, people say about Charlie Cook. And they say, I mean, Pat Nevin for me was a special player uh, in terms of ability and beating players, this this type of player. And uh, Eden Hazard is definitely one. Um, you know, everyone different ways, but the player, they don't come along at the level that he plays at. Um, too often. And people should relish the opportunity while he's there. Having said that, I still think that if he goes to Real Madrid, he might well become that player that we think is just short of the Neymars, the Messi's, or whatever we think, Ronaldo's, and and so on, because his consistency might well go up because of, they possibly will demand more. Every club demands the best out of players every week, but it's you know it's got to be said that Eden doesn't deliver it every week, and that's where he falls down in terms of his brilliance. Um, he, he does have some average games. And, you know, that's the thing that sort of lets him down. Whereas Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, you don't see them have too many average games. And if they have an average game, they probably get a couple of goals. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely spot on. I mean, it's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, if he if he does go, you know, I mean, you can't replace a player like that because he's quite unique in a way. But what 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 would we have to do to replace him if, in fact, he does does go? I mean, is it, is it one player or, or just a, a, a slightly different emphasis or what? Well, I'm not sure. You might get the, the Sarri ball um, situation working a little bit better and you might end up with a Chelsea of uh, a couple of years ago winning the league with a team that is not superstars but organised, all playing together. I, I think, I've said before, we need more creativity in the side. We rely too much on him. Um, I, I really do think that. I thought we were missing the striker when... when we struggled, you know, Diego Costa, I've said before, used to get the 1-0 when it's, the creativity is not there or Hazard doesn't do it. And Costa would win the league, uh, some, win so many games for us, consequently we won the league because of that situation. Um, Higuain could well take on that mantle, I can see that happening. Um, but no, Sarri, the Sarri ball situation might well take off better, but I will really have my doubts. And, uh, as you've already said, we can't replace people like that. World-class players do not come along and you have one and it's going to be very difficult to replace. Uh, Chelsea, for me, are they punching above their weight? I think they are. 
where I thought they would be between four and six at the start of the season. Um, hoping it was four. Wouldn't surprise me if it was six. And that's not being horrible. Uh, I think what I've seen in the Huddersfield game and, and, and the hope there, it could well be four stroke three. But I still have my doubts. Um, with Manchester United closing rapidly on it, on the pack, I thought they were out of it, but they are closing and they have improved under Solskjaer, no doubt about it. And, you know, Arsenal beating us recently proves that there are no pushovers either. So it's going to be a, a tough race the last uh, few months of the season and it's going to be a very interesting one. Chelsea are in the mix and we're in fourth position in four cup competitions, which puts the, puts the pressure on a little bit in terms of workload, but Provided we stay clear of injuries, I think uh, there's a distinct possibility of third stroke four with what I saw against Huddersfield, and I mm. hope it doesn't change in a week's time. You know, this Manchester City game is, is so crucial to us, and if we were to get a hide in and, and, and look right out of sorts, then I'm thinking I would start to fear the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very. You were right. You said this earlier, didn't you? In fact, that um, you know, it's an incredibly tough February coming up. We've got City, Malmo home and away, United in the cup, Brighton at home, who are no pushovers. Uh, City in the Caribbean well, I think Cup. That would be a, I think that would be rearranged as well if we if we were to beat United. Oh. Uh, is that right, Brighton? Yeah. Commitments that, yeah, yeah. That I mean, could be rearranged. Yeah, I mean, it, cl- yeah, it, cl- it clashes with the Caribbean, so it'll be moved. So it might not be in February. That's a good point. But we've also got Spurs yeah. right at the end of the month. So it's a, you know, a, a big test, I think. And I think we'll know uh, a lot more about where we are at the end of the month. And I think also, you know, as you said, with Higuain coming in, he has hit the ground running. Be interesting to see what effect he has on that. Right, and talking about strikers, uh, we, I can't let this show go without talking about Morata, Kerry, because for much of uh, Morata's career at Chelsea, I was saying every week he's a really good player, he's fantastic, and you were saying, oh, I don't know, hang on, don't be so quick to judge, mate, you know, give him a bit of time. Lo and behold, uh, he spent most of this, uh, you know, back end, well, I'd say most of this season, really stinking the place out, and uh, and he's now gone off on loan to Atletico Madrid. Um, I, it's quite difficult to know how to phrase this apart from Kerry I apologise you were right and I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> so there you well, go Dave, Dave, Dave uh, football supporters and I include myself in that we live in hope you know <laughs> that people can be what they want them to be and you know sometimes your over exuberance um, got the better of you and you know the hat-trick, the hat-trick at Stoke um, certain other situations and certain pundits making comparisons with other strikers yeah. and their goal scoring exploits etc um, would would allow people to get carried away a little bit, but the reality is, you know, for help any strikers do get hat tricks. Average strikers have scored hat tricks in in certain games, and you know, I'm not saying Gordon Davis scored a hat trick. I'm not saying he's average by any stretch. Um, he scored a hat trick and didn't make it at Chelsea. You know, uh, these things happen. Um, I, I, Alvaro Morata for me didn't quite tick all the boxes in terms of physical capabilities and. Um, other, other, other areas which would would leave him falling short of being a top striker. And I'll tell you a story. I like to do a football accumulator. Um, as anyone knows me, I've been a gambler all my life. But you know, I toned it down and, and got that uh, when it went reckless, out of control uh, situation. But I still like the football accumulator. I still like to be proved right now and again. And I usually do three or uh, four or five teams um, either in midweek uh, or, or on a Saturday. And 
wasn't quite sure of the Morata situation, but I did a football accumulator. Four of them were in, waiting for Athletic Club Madrid this week. Turned over to watch the last 10 minutes, and they're up front. It was nil-nil away from home, and it was up front for them, Alvaro Morata. They let me down on a football accumulator. I would never have done it if I'd have actually put it together and thought <laughs> Morata's playing for them up front. So <clears throat> that's just the situation. They might find that he won't score the goals for them. You know, they brought him on loan for the end of the season. Athletic Club are challenging where they are in their league. They they might find out the same situation. I don't think he's the player that he's hyped up to be um, based on his Real Madrid standing, um, which I think was overhyped on actually what he's done. And I, I don't think he's a £60 million player. I, I've got to be honest, I'm glad Chelsea got rid of him. Mm. Well, I think in hindsight, so am I. And I mean, you know, more fool me to argue with somebody who scored 193 goals for Chelsea. You would you would have thought I'd know better at my age, wouldn't you? But there you go. Um, talking of... Uh, Talking of uh, movements, um, and of course, since we've been away, the whole Callum Hudson Adoy thing kind of blew up with Bayern Munich uh, seeming very, very keen to sign him. Uh, we managed to put them off in this transfer window, but there's a there's a chance that uh, you know, because I mean, he put in a transfer request, so he clearly wanted to go, and he might well agitate for a move in the summer. Um, it's a difficult question, this, isn't it? It, it, it? In a sense, it kind of puts the, in the spotlight Chelsea's kind of issues with, with the younger players, really. Um, you know, uh, is it a lack of opportunity? Does he deserve an opportunity? Um, I mean, what does it really say about Chelsea's youth system and the, and the issues therein? What do you think? I think um, it's brought it right to a head. I think, uh, do Chelsea produce young players as a product with a view to selling, moving on and making money and developing other kids because there's lots of Chelsea players, ex-Chelsea players, you know, making a career in the, in the game at different levels in different countries at different places. Um, all products of the Chelsea Youth Academy, which is a credit to that situation. Um, but the, the reality is that lots of people within the, <coughs> the academy and indeed in the, in the supporters' ranks would like to see some sort of development and one or two get through into the first team and, and make their name and stay there. Hudson Adoy is the latest one. Um, should he stay? Should he get through? Does he deserve? Look, deserve. I've always said, well, comes comes with does he deserve? Is he better than what's in front? Every every young Chelsea player going through the academy would know they've got to um, get past a Brazilian international, a Portuguese international, they've got to get past an England international, all these sort of situations. And that is what you're up against. But you can do it. It can be done. Does he deserve it? Uh, He's as deserving as any of the three in midfield, um, or or four or five in midfield who who we pick. No better, no worse than on what I've seen than all of them. And I include Ngolo Kante, who I actually agree with all the pundits for a change. He's playing out of position. Um, has he got better? Has he got worse? I think he's exactly the same. Slightly not as good in the position he's playing as opposed to the position he'd become the best in the world at. Uh, but having said that, it's not Jorginho's fault. I don't think he's as good as Kante in that position. But nevertheless, um, he's playing there. This is what they want or what Sorry wants and this is how it's going to be. I don't think any of them, and you can put Kovacic, you can put Loftus-Cheek, Hudson-Odoi, you can throw if you want, Pedro and William are more attack-minded into that situation as well. I don't see loads of goals anywhere, loads of creativity. I see bits of it from certainly the two last two named. But I don't see loads of it from any of them um, players. And that's where I think we we need a little bit more. And Hudson-Odoi, does he deserve it? He doesn't know better, no worse. 
his challenge is going to be to show I can add more and give a little bit more than what is being given by all of them other people in what could be my position. If he does that, then he does deserve to stay in. But he's got to do it by creating chances, scoring chances, being a threat and being better than what's already. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, it will become the latest product to be sold and it will be a very good sell uh, for them to buy a young player. If he goes on to be a world-class superstar, everyone will say Chelsea are mad, their product and so on. But at the time the decisions are made, he has to be better when the people making them decisions are given an opportunity to keep him if he's good enough. Mm. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, it, it, it's the point where you can be the best player at 15, best player at 16, best player at 20. But if you're not the best player at 21 when your contract's up, or you're not the best player at 22 when a move's on, you don't get the move, you don't get the contract, or you get left out. This is the way the world works. It's, you've got little bit, these are the little slices of luck that you need as a youngster. And uh, I hope it works for him. I think he could develop into a really good player. Let's hope it's with us. But he's got to prove he deserves it. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really spot on point, isn't it? And uh, this is the gamble that that we all take, you know, the clubs and and the player as well. And that right now, at this minute, is he good enough to dislodge those in front of him? Maybe not. But it, will he be good enough in four or five years' time? Yes. But you've got to make the decision now, haven't you? I think it's a really good point. Um, all right, mate. Let's go on to. Uh, you know, the game this weekend, we've got City away on Sunday, uh, you know, usually a pretty tough fixture. I mean, what I would say, though, is that City don't look quite as unbeatable as they were earlier on in the season. And they, you know, if you look at the Newcastle game, which they scored, you know, in about a minute, and they, they seem to switch off in games. And they don't seem to be thrashing sides at the moment like they were. So, you know, that combined with the fact that we beat them uh, at home earlier in the season... Um, admittedly by playing a lot more defensively and conceding possession, but you know, and we got a bit lucky, to be fair. But, I mean, given all of that, um, do you think we've got a, a good chance of beating them or, or getting a result? And do you think it'll be more of the same in terms of how we played against them at home earlier in the season? I don't think we've got a good chance of beating them, no. I think uh, we've got a <laughs> chance of getting beat, if, if, if be honest. Um, I... I I think if we come away with a point, it's a great point, and that's a great point for everyone who goes to City these days. It's the same as going to Liverpool. Yet we've we've been there in the in the Carabao Cup. We you know we've acquitted ourselves well at home against Liverpool, um, and we've beaten City. So it's possible. We've got the players on a day to prove everyone wrong, um, upset the apple cart in terms of the title race, and get a result up there. We've got we've got the players and the team that's capable of doing that. We've also got the players and the team that are capable of getting beat, i.e. Bournemouth away, and you're getting beat well and, and more if it's a similar type of performance than Bournemouth away. Because even though they're not thrashing teams, they'll be up for the game, they'll know what it means. And, you know, there's a, there's a cup final coming up pretty soon, which is, I'm not going to say every, day, every game's a different game, but it does set a little bit of a, a mindset, if you like, if you've been beaten in the last two games and you go into a cup final. So City will be aware of that. Um, Having said that, they're favourites. I'd take a point now, um, but it could go either way. Yeah, it could, couldn't it? I, you know, there's a. I wrote a piece uh, this week for Football London, and and I think Chelsea at the moment remind me very much of Chelsea in the kind of the, the mid to late nineties. You know, who would be capable of beating the best teams in the league on their day, but equally capable of losing to you know teams in mid table or lower. And I and I think, in a sense, we we've seen it this season. You know, a big game, 
they turn up. I mean, City at home, they turned up. Spurs in the Caribou Cup, they turned up. And I think we've got quite a lot of players who are like that. They, they need, for some reason, I don't know why, but they need that impetus of this is a big challenge, a big game, we've got to be right up for this. And they do, they invariably turn up. So, therefore, it wouldn't surprise me if we got a result up at City at all, Kerry, although I, I'm with you, it'll be very, very tough. Um, I mean, City have got threats all over the place, haven't they? But, I mean, you know, what's the biggest problem we're going to face on Sunday up there? I wouldn't know where to start. You could look at Aguero. I think, you know, a major threat. I think Sané is developing for a really good player. I think, you know, Germany must be ruining the fact that they left him at home in the World Cup. And Sterling, you know, much maligned and obviously the subject of problems down at Chelsea. I think he's going to be a very good player. He's still only 23. Uh, you know, you you look at the midfield, you know, De Bruyne, David Silva, Riyad Mahrez. I mean, where do you... You just don't know. Where's the biggest threat going to come from? Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> everywhere. I don't think their defence is as, uh, is as solid and as, as good as uh, certain people make out. And I, I think they're, they're susceptible to a goal uh, against them. Um, but having said that, um, they're certainly more than capable of scoring goals. I think there will be goals in the game. Um, I wouldn't know where to start, where their threats are. I think I've named just six. I think there's probably another six on the bench. Yeah, they, they they. If you look at it like that, they are they are quite a frightening proposition. Um, do do you think by the same token? I mean, you know, I I have a feeling you're right. Actually, I think it might be a much more open game than it was at Stamford Bridge. Um, but I'm wondering whether for us the key will be Hazard and Higuain and how they play, and quite possibly what happens with Jorginho because we all know that Jorginho is the you know the kind of the fulcrum of the side in terms of getting it going, and a lot of sides have uh, com- completely you know, negated us by sticking a man or two on him. I don't think City did that when they came to the bridge, so it'd be interesting to see if they do it on Sunday. But, I mean, clearly, Hazard and Higain, if they fire, then we've got a good chance, right? Yes, without doubt. You know, Eden Hazard will be a threat. It's like Lionel Messi playing away anywhere. They're, they're threats. And Hazard, uh, on a going, he's a threat to everyone. And he will cause them as many problems and, and start them to think differently about their approach at home. If he threw a big threat away from home, and of course, if Higuain carries on where he left off against Huddersfield, um, the half chance might well be snapped up. So things can change. Um, I do see it being a more, <clears throat> pardon me, an open game. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful game for the purists, if you like, um, people to look at it and, and think it's, it should be a great game of football. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I think Chelsea could well get something, and I, or I think they could get well beat. Um, and I wouldn't like to call it either way. It won't be in the coupon, put it that way, this Saturday. <laughs> no, don't blame you at all, mate. Excellent stuff. Um, well, look, you enjoy the game on Sunday, wherever you're watching it. Have you got any uh, got any um, kind of functions coming up where you're doing, you know, Q&As and stuff coming up soon? No, I've got, I've got a couple. Uh, one on the 21st, um, which clashes, I think, with the Melbourne game, I've just found out, <clears throat> in London. I'll have to check that out. And I've got one in April at the moment, but uh, obviously Newbury area in March as well, which has been muted uh, uh, with a comedian of Q&A. But uh, I'll tell you more about the nearer time, Dave, and uh, and obviously anyone who's interested in listening and would be prepared to go along. uh, Hopefully we'll have a good evening on each of them. Good stuff. Well, you you keep us posted on that, mate, and we'll let the people know. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the match on Sunday. You and I will uh, revisit all of this uh, sometime next week. Uh, But until then, cheers, mate. Fantastic as always. Uh, Thanks a lot, Dave. Great to have you back. Yeah, you too, mate. You take care.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.